Good morning, good morning siblings, brothers and sisters, all on-site and online joining us this Sunday morning. Alright, very good morning to one and all. Let us say hi to one another, alright, look around you, those online, right? Shout out, alright, each other to this wonderful morning. Alright, we are still in the series of Wholeheartedly, alright, our sermon series. So, I invite all of us to come on this journey, alright, this Sunday today, to encounter God and encounter ourselves and our community in a deeper way. Let's bring ourselves wholeheartedly along this journey. Right? Often, the journey into the community and with the community can be one that is filled with joy, aspiration, inspiration, but often it also comes with disappointment, heartache, or sometimes irritation. Right? But they are all welcome here. They are all genuine feelings. Amen? Yes? And all are welcome here. We come to worship God in truth and in spirit. So I invite all of us to prepare our hearts for this journey, right? by inviting all of us to respond to the call to worship. Last rise and in body and in spirit to ascend this spiritual mountain. Come, walk in green pastures. We follow, follow the, the shepherd. shepherd. Come, lie down in green pastures. We trust, we trust the, in shepherd. the shepherd. Come, dine at the table of abundance. We are fed, fed by, by the shepherd. Come, dwell in God's house. We live, we live in, in the shepherd's, shepherd's care. care. Loving shepherd, you know our names. You care for us. When we face darkness and death, walk beside us. When we hunger for your love, fill us with your presence. When we are fearful, feed us at your table. May we dwell in the, in the house of goodness, goodness and mercy all the days of our lives. Amen. Amen. May I invite us to remain standing all right, and join the worship team for a time of worship. If I could rewrite your story of love for me I would not forget those moments of doubts If I could rewrite your story of love for me I would not erase those times of struggle Those moments of doubting myself and blaming you for all my brokenness Those moments I wrestle myself And you for the answers For a little hope Then I will remember When you became real to me When you would not turn when you would not turn away, I will remember I am an anchor of love, I am a beacon of hope for you 
Could we write your story of love for me? I would not forget those moments of doubt. If I could rewrite your story of love for me, I would not erase those times of struggle, those moments of doubting myself. And blaming you for all my brokenness. Those moments I wrestle myself and blame you for the answers for a little hope. Then I will remember when you became real to me, when you would not turn. When you would not turn away, I will remember. I am an anchor of love. I am a beacon of hope for you. When you touched me on my side, when my eyes were open to you, and so I saw that I was born free. When you touched me on my side, when my eyes were open to you, and so I saw that I was born free. Then I will remember when you became real to me, when you would not turn away, when you would not turn away. I will remember. I am an anchor of love. I am a beacon of hope for you. I will remember. I will remember when you became real to me. When you would not turn away. When you would not turn away. I will remember. I will remember. Simply come 
just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself. It's not what you have required. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made of it, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. King of endless worth, no words can express how much you deserve. Though I'm weak and poor, all I have is yours. Every single breath, I'll bring you. I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself. It's not much you have required. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. I'm coming back. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made of it, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made of it. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Only the voices. I'm coming back to the heart of.
So this morning, I wanted to invite all of you into prayer together. So we don't often do this, but uh, I wanted you to pray together with me. And so I prepared some slides uh, this morning. And I call it the Lord's Prayer, my version, because um, in one of my spirituality classes some time ago, uh, we were invited to actually reflect about the Lord's Prayer and to think about how would we express it in our day and time now. And I thought that was a very interesting exercise as we were doing it, right? And I wasn't sure how it would turn out. Um, but this was kind of what I wrote at that time. And I want to invite you to do the same, if this is something that uh, makes sense to you, you know, that, that you would also reflect on what the Lord's Prayer means to you today in our day and time. And what would you say to God if you were actually writing your own version of the Lord's Prayer? But this morning we can pray this together. And I chose to do this today because I think it embodies a lot of the things we're talking about in our Wholeheartedly series. And so I just want to invite you into this time of prayer. As, and you can verbalize or you can stay silent, you can close your eyes, you can open your eyes up to you. But I want to invite you into this process of praying together. Shall we pray? Holy One, who is love, you are who we want to know and be known by truly. May we be aligned with your spirit as you help us embody love and compassion in this world. May your love bring healing to broken people, systems, and relationships towards the restoration of shalom. Give us what we need this day to be our true selves and love others so they can do the same. Help us forgive ourselves and others as we learn to let go of shame and resentment. Lead us that we may not add to the harm or oppression of others. Help us instead lead the way to freedom, just as you have freed us. May your joy, hope, love and justice be our anthem, now and forevermore. Amen. After the pride, after the fall, the hands of mercy opened wide After the rain, after the flood You set your promise in the sky The God who was and is to
me after all you've done it amazes me you're still running after us Good morning. Thank you for joining us this Sunday. And as usual, I'll be inviting you to log on to Menti, um, whether you are um, going on using our short link fcc.li slash menti or um, scanning the QR code. Um, I invite you to join us today um, and build up the sermon together and offer your insights, um, offer your reflections, especially the reflections today. Um, and, well, I picked um, the worship songs today, and I want you to keep in mind, especially the last song, it amazes me that after all you have done, it amazes me you're still running after us. I want you to keep in mind the, these verses about God's constant love, because we are talking about freedom and boundaries, and it is knowing that we are loved, unconditionally, that we're able to explore and look at ourselves uh, and our flaws and work through them and grow, right? And leave behind that shame. I'm going to start off where Gary left off last week. Gary said, we are called to create an environment as a community where people can belong to each other and not just fit in. This is the church redeeming its purpose to be a place that is free from shame, free to be who God created you to be. That is when all of us at the Free Community Church are reflecting and living out the heart of God. Community is literally our middle name. But community is one of those words that's rather vague, right? It is often used to describe a group of people who share something in common, whether it is a characteristic or common interest or even living in the same neighbourhood. You know, you can call that community. And some of us are part of the LGBTQ community by simply the fact that we are LGBTQ. We don't have to do anything else to be part of that community. But here at FCC, community means a little bit more. So I want to ask you, you know, what does community in our context mean to you? What does community mean to you in the FCC context? Not just that it's our middle name. Uh. It's a vital part of who we are, home, right? We always tell people, that's our tagline, welcome home. The first thing you step through the door, the welcome team tells you, welcome home. Support, love, thank you, family, all right? Hmm. 
acceptance, mutual support, belonging, receiving, grace, open, peace, togetherness, a spiritual journey, feeling welcome. It's moving a little too fast. Authenticity, friendship, a safe haven, promise-keeping, diversity, God, God's presence, love of God. All these things make us a community, something that we share, right? A holy place, holy land, well, holy space, I guess. Um, yeah, thank you. Being myself, yes. Bearing burdens together, yes. Learning to be authentic, yes. Thank you. Thank you for reflecting. And I came across this um, quote from Nora Bateson. Right? We talk a lot about building community, but she offers something insightful. And I thought, oh, she makes a lot of sense. She says, we can create the conditions in which communities can thrive and flourish. We can nurture them, but we cannot build them. We cannot build communities. You can't make someone love you. You can't force respect. You can't mandate care. And you can't build community. Be careful with the talk of building community. Community is the consequence of contextual relationships intertwining over time. More like a meadow than Legos. I think that that's how I see what Gary shared. A community where people belong to each other, and there's a meadow, and we love all these uh, agricultural or, 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 or horticultural um, terms in our community, right? It's like a garden or a meadow where flowers bloom, but it requires nurturing and it cannot be forced, right? It takes time. And not just having people fit in, like Lego blocks. I love Lego, um, but there's a very fixed way they fit together. You cannot fit certain, you know, they just don't fit in certain ways. You must follow the, 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 the studs that stick out, you know, and, and all that. The meadow is where we create the environment where we all can thrive and flourish and be free. Pauline offered her understanding of freedom from a Christian perspective in her sermon, Authentic and Free. She says, freedom from a Christian perspective is free from shame, free to embrace who we are, free to live our true identity in God, free to become all that God created us to be. From 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, verse 17, Now the, Spirit, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So, creating this, the conditions for this meadow, for community to thrive and flourish, requires intentional work. It does happen by happenstance, by chance, Right? We learned over the years through experiences, both helpful and unhelpful, good and bad, what may be beneficial to this meadow and what is not beneficial to this meadow. Right? And one of the intentional work required for community to thrive is having clear boundaries. Boundaries are like fences. They mark what we are responsible for and what we are not responsible for. 
They are meant to keep the good in and keep the bad out. But boundaries are not walls. They are not meant to keep people out. We are always and we will always be welcoming and inclusive. And we will try to be the safe space where all can come experience the love of God and all can be free from shame and free to become who God has invited us to be. But in the past, we weren't clear. Many people thought that having boundaries mean that we are not inclusive, right? But actually, that's the opposite. And this is what Bernie Brown found out in her research. She says, One of the most shocking findings of my work was that the most compassionate people I interviewed over the last 13 years were also the most boundary. If we don't set boundaries, we let people do things that are not okay. Boundaries are not a wall or moat. They create an environment of respect. Boundaries help us create a safe space. And it's only in a safe space, in this safe space, that we can start being vulnerable and authentic, to be free from shame and embrace who we are. That's what boundaries are for. And in a paradoxical way, boundaries help us belong. Because if we don't feel safe, we cannot be vulnerable or authentic, then we pretend to be someone we are not to try and fit in. And that's not belonging. And, we are not, and when we are not safe, when we do not have boundaries, then this becomes a Lego set, not a meadow. Right? We want to create that safe space and these boundaries help us. And this week, you know, I dived into a book and it was written quite long ago. Um, not everything in there I agree with, but they came up with some things that were very helpful um, for myself as, uh, and I think for, for all of us as well. And so this book is Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. Um, and they summarized boundary problems into four categories. And it's quite, you know, some, we, it might be difficult to wrap our minds around or remembering compliant behavior, controlling behavior, non-responsive behavior, avoidant behavior. What we can think about it is there are Categories. One, category, one group is can't say no, can't say yes, can't hear no, and can't hear yes. And these are the four kinds of um, um, uh, uh, categories that they have identified, right? Um, I do think that there's a lot of merit of how they have summarized these boundary um, is, uh, issues, right? But they label people. They called them controllers, compliance, uh, non-responsives, and avoidance. I find these labeling unhelpful, right? Because labeling people, especially with terms like controllers and compliance, can induce a lot of shame. When we label people, they become that label. I think that it's more helpful to address the behavior rather than labeling people as compliant or controllers. Right. So I've adapted their work and will be using um, terms like compliant behavior, controlling behavior, non-responsive behavior, avoidant behavior instead. We address the behaviors rather than label the person. 
And the reality is, even in a book, right, um, Dr. Cloud and Dr. Townsend says, people sometimes demonstrate multiple categories. They can be compliant and controlling. They can be um, avoidant and, control it. They are, uh, and, and controlling at the same time. Then it's not helpful anymore to label people. I think that it's more important to be clear about those behaviours rather than, uh, rather than labelling that person. Now, after I said that, this is a very important thing I want to highlight. The first thing that comes to our mind when we talk about these behaviours isn't how that we exhibit these behaviours. We start thinking about how other people exhibit these behaviours. And that's pretty natural because majority of the time, as who we are, we perceive how other people behave. Because you don't look at the mirror 24 hours a day, right? You hardly, we hardly look in the mirror and observe ourselves and observe our own behaviours. We're actually doing most of the time observing other people's behaviours. So, the first thought that comes to my mind likely will be how other people exhibit these behaviours. But these concepts, just like the Bible, right, is not meant to be a magnifying glass for us to scrutinise other people. Oh, you're demonstrating this behaviour, you're demonstrating this behaviour. But rather, they are meant to be a mirror to help us reflect on how we can be better, how we can grow, and how we can be more and more in the likeness of Christ. The Bible too often is used as a weapon to, you, know, you, you broke this rule, you don't behave this way. But actually, it's meant for us to reflect on how we can do better. Right? So I want to put it out there. Before, you know, when we finish with this sermon and you go out and you know, oh, you're, you know, you tell your partner, your friend, you're demonstrating this behavior. The point is not about calling someone else out. My hope is that we all can do some homework on ourselves. That is the starting point. Because at the end of the day, we can only control our own behaviors. I can tell you what to, I can tell you you, know, you, have, you are demonstrating some problematic behaviour, but I cannot control how you, whether you want to change your behaviour or not. We, at the end of the day, can only control ourselves. And this is an invitation for all of us to do that, kind, that homework and grow, right? And grow as a community. Now, I'm going to start diving into these behaviours to explain to you exactly what they are. Compliant behaviour is when someone is not able to say no. Cannot say no, right? Most of the time, it's usually our fear of hurting someone else's feelings, feeling that if I say no, then I might be shamed, or I might lose someone's love, um, or you know, I might be afraid of someone's anger, or afraid of punishment, or being seen as selfish when I say no. And compliant behaviour means saying yes when actually we don't want to say yes, right? In doing so, people who have compliant behaviours end up taking on too, much, too many responsibilities that actually they should not be responsible for. And they don't set enough boundaries and 
fail to follow through on consequences when those boundaries are violated. Compliant behaviour can be saying yes when our hearts actually, we want to say no. And I have experienced this before as well. Someone asked me if I want to do this and I, I don't want to say no, I actually want, no, I actually don't want to say yes, but I can't say no because I feel that I might hurt that person's feeling or that person might not like me anymore if I said no. But actually that's problematic. That's not being authentic, right? The second time of behaviour is not being able to say yes when we should be saying yes. And um, Dr. Townsend and Dr. Cloud labels this as non-responsive behaviour. We should be saying yes when it is our responsibility too, right? While we should not take responsibility for other people's feelings, attitudes and behaviours, we do have responsibilities to each other. We are responsible to care for them. We are responsible to love them within boundaries and limits, right? Because belonging to each other, right? That's what we started off with today. We, want, we are a community that belongs to each other. Belonging means that there is a connection, there's relationship. This belonging means we have, we have responsibilities to each other. You, we cannot have belonging without responsibilities. And it is when we, this responsibility is about caring and helping each other within limits, right? There are limits. And, who, and caring for the people that God has placed in our lives. And I think of one example of um, non-responsive behaviour in the Bible. It's the Levite and the priest in the parable of the Good Samaritan. They walked past the injured man and did not help the, the injured man in the parable. But we are responsible to people. We see someone in need, we should help. There are limits, yes, but we, we need to be clear about what those limits are. If someone is in need, we help. And guess what? The Good Samaritan came and helped. But even the Good Samaritan demonstrated limits. How? When the Good Samaritan needed to leave to do whatever that they needed to do, they left the injured man with the innkeeper and said, you know, here's some money and I will cover whatever extra cost that comes up. Please take care of this. Please take care of the injured man. That is being clear about their boundaries. Now, they could have, you know, oh, I must stay until the injured man is fully recovered and all that. Actually, no. There are, bound, there are limits to how much we should care for someone. And I think that the Good Samaritan is a good demonstration of discerning what, where that is. Right? And then, there are two other boundary problems about not being able to hear yes and hear no. Controlling behaviour is when someone cannot take no for an answer. And when someone is not respecting other people's boundaries. So controlling behaviours can come out as aggressive or abusive, like bullying, or it can come, and, or it can come out as controlling behaviours like um, being manipulative, using guilt trips to get the other person to say yes. Right? Very often, these people are not 
aware of other people's boundaries. That's controlling behaviour. And the last one is not able to hear yes. That's avoidant behaviour. Avoidant behaviour is when boundaries are not fences but walls. Walls that keep everything out, including the good. And these people, these behaviours means that these people are not able to hear yes from other people. It happens when people are not able to ask for help, recognise their own needs, unable to be vulnerable, and let other people in. Now, I've gone through the four different kinds of behaviours. And I want to invite you to think, which of the four behaviours have, de- have you demonstrated in your life? You know, compliant behaviour when you cannot say no. Non-responsive behaviour when you are not able to say yes when you're saying yes. Controlling behaviour when you cannot hear other people saying no. And avoidant behaviour when you cannot hear other people's yes. Right? Quite a lot of you have responded, cannot say and you can select multiple. Huh? It's, not a, it's, not a, um, it's not limited to just one choice. Quite many of you have responded that cannot say no. It's very, it's very common, right? As uh, much as we want to say no, then we, we feel ob- obliged to um, do something for someone else. Um, and we f- after that, we feel very resentful. Um, and, then, um, and then, of course, uh, there are some of us Quite, you know, the second largest group is the avoided, cannot hear yes. We have built up walls around us and we are unable to ask for help uh, or receive help. Um, we just feel that we don't deserve being helped, right? We don't deserve other people's time. Um, you know, so often I, I talk to people and say, um, and I say, how come you didn't reach out earlier, you know, before this situation has escalated to this degree? Oh, I... I I, didn't want, I know you're very busy, I didn't want to waste your time. And I went like, you are worthy of my time, right? And you are worthy of love. Why do you think that you, know, you don't deserve our time and our support and our care? That's because you know, we carry a lot of that, that baggage, right? And we become avoidant, right? And then thank you for those of you who are reflective and saying, you know, cannot hear no, you know, the manipulative, controlling behaviours that we might all demonstrate, right? When someone says no, please lah, help lah, can, and then, you know, we, we, we cudgel and, and, and push someone to actually do something that they actually didn't want to do. Um, and that's the, um, where we are. Thank you for responding, right, and reflecting. And we're going to go through this and, and, and hope that we all grow so that when we say yes, we mean yes, and we say no, and we know, and we have very clear boundaries of what we are responsible for and how we are responsible to each other, right? Now, I will tell you why I found the book a bit problematic when they labelled people into categories, because when I read it, I went like, oh, I demonstrate all four <laughs> behaviours. Right? In some relationships in my life, I'll be avoidant. In some relationships in my life, I'm compliant. 
In some relationships in my life, I behave in controlling ways. And in some areas of my life, I actually demonstrate non-responsive behaviours. I have all four. And I need to work on all four. Our growth comes when we are able to say yes when we mean yes, and when we need to say yes, right, to the things that we're responsible for, and say no when we mean no, and things that we should say no to, right, that we are not responsible for. That is maintaining good boundaries. And this will allow us to create an environment that community can thrive, relationships can thrive, and where there's love, respect, and mutual care. Both Pauline and Gary preach from uh, Luke chapter 15, sometimes referred to the parable of, as the parable of the prodigal. Uh, and I'm going to preach from there too, you know. Like, what? The same passage in a month? In a, you know, like, what? Um, I have a growing preference to refer to the parable as a parable of the lost sons, right? Because I think both sons did not understand the parent well. Or they, and they also did not understand their parents' love. So I'm going to read from you a summarized version. Um, a son asks his father for his inheritance and squanders it recklessly as he lives a life of indulgence. With nothing left of his fortune, he's forced to work as a hired hand for a pig farmer. He is so destitute that he longs to eat the food of the pigs. Realizing that his father's servants have better working conditions, he resolves to return to his father, beg forgiveness, and ask to be his servant. However, upon arriving at his father's house, he's welcomed with loving arms. His father is overwhelmed with joy at the son's return and holds a feast in his honor. However, however, the older brother who remained serving in his father's house did not share the father's joy. Instead, he's angry at his father, who has, that his father has not honoured him. His father urges him to not resent his brother, but instead be happy for him. Now, first thing first. I want to highlight that Jesus told this parable to show us how radical God's love is. That no matter how badly we think we screwed up, God still loves us and is waiting for us to return, waiting for our return and runs out to embrace us when we do. That's what we sang, you know, that after all these years, you're still running after us. After all these years, you're still constant in your love. Right. The flip side is, I do not think that Jesus told this parable to tell us that God is going to give us everything we ask for. Especially when we ask for things that may not be helpful for us and may even hurt or harm us or other people. Because the parable starts off with the, child, the youngest sibling asking the parent, you know, I want my share of the inheritance. And then the parent gave... So it can be read, you know, in a very stretch of this parable to say that Jesus says that everything we ask for from God, that God will give us. I do not think that is true, right? 
Jesus did not tell this parable to tell us that God is going to give us everything that we're asking for. That's not the point of this parable. So with that, I want to look at this parable from an angle of what we have talked about. The four behaviours. Compliant, non-responsive, controlling, and avoidant. Have you ever wondered, what if, from the very beginning, the parents said no when the child asked for their share of the inheritance? I mean, think about it, huh? There might be good reasons why we will say yes to a, the child's request. Like investing in the child's future, they want to go and study, you know, some, uh, you know do a, 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 go overseas for a, a certain degree or what, and that's investing in the future. That, 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 might, that might, might, right? Not in all, that might be a, 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 a good reason. You know, that really depends on the situation. But there are also occasions when that is a bad idea, right? And so in this situation, in the parable, I wonder if the parent knew the child well. And if you know your child well, then you will be aware of what kind of character your child is and how your child will use the inheritance. And using the, the lens of boundaries, the parent would be aware of what and when they should say yes and, and to what and when they should say no. And in this situation, knowing the younger child is like that, the parent should have said no. Sometimes, when parents are too overprotective of their children and constantly bail their children out of trouble, the child remains a child even in adulthood. The child does not take responsibility or hold themselves accountable to the consequences of their behaviours. And these behaviours can get more and more out of control and sometimes resulting in a situation when the parents use up everything they have to rescue the child out from trouble. We know stories of people who have gambled away their life savings and then had to get money from their parents to pay off debts and all that. I think that we need to be clear and parents also, and other people need to be clear of what we are responsible for and what we are not responsible for and clear about the boundaries so we say no when we need to say no. Parents are not responsible for the behaviours of their adult children. Let us sink in a little bit. Parents are not responsible for their, their behaviours of adult children. Sometimes we feel guilty, right? And in some ways, Pauline and I sometimes act as parents. To some of you, actually a lot of you. And sometimes we need to be clear that we are not responsible for your behaviours as much as we feel that and we have that clarity, like, I want the best for you, but I have clear boundaries of what I can and should do and what I should not be responsible for. Of course, there's a flip side to this um, compliant behaviour, right? Saying 
yes when we actually should say no. Unable. The flip side is not saying yes when we should be saying yes. And who do you think in this story is exhibiting this non-responsive behaviour? Not difficult to guess, right? Because there are only three characters, the, far, the, the, the parent, the older sibling and the younger sibling. Here, the older sibling is the one who is demonstrating non-responsive behaviours. But then we need to pull out a bit and think, what should the older sibling be saying yes to? What are the boundaries here for the older sibling? And we go back to certain principles. Huh? We are not responsible for other people. We are responsible to other people. Belonging to each other means we are responsible to each other. The older sibling is not responsible for the behaviours of their younger sibling but the older sibling is responsible to their younger sibling. We are not responsible for other people's feelings, attitudes and behaviours, but we have responsibilities to them. And what are these responsibilities? We are called to love each other as how Jesus loved us. Not taking responsibility for their behaviours, but a duty of care and support within the boundaries of our relationships. If you did something wrong, I'm not responsible for it. I cannot go and apologize to someone you have harmed or hurt. I'm responsible to you. I will care for you, I'll be there for you, and I'll walk with you and even nudge you to hold yourself accountable, to remind you maybe you have some amends that you need to make, and perhaps you need to apologize to the other person that you have harmed or hurt. My, that is my responsibility to you. I care for you and support you and hope that you grow. But I cannot do the work that you need to do for you. For you. An example that might help us see things a little bit clearer, right? When a child is a baby, the child is unable to know what's right and wrong and often does things that create a mess, right? At this point of time, the parents are responsible, you know, like the, the baby, you know, threw the food under the ground and then, well, the parents have to clean it up, right? But at some point, the child will grow up and the child will be able to figure out what is, and know what is right and wrong. And at this point in time, the parents should no longer be responsible. A lot of problems arise when parents don't help children grow into being responsible and accountable for their actions. The parents clean up their mess all the time and the child doesn't feel the accountable or responsible. When the child spills something, you know, like five or six years old, ooh, okay, the parents swoop in to clean up the mess. And the child, you know, just takes it for granted. And this behaviour will continue on as the child grows into an adult that someone is going to clean up my mess for me. This, you know, parents helping out to clean up a mess is okay when the child is young. But at some point, teaching the child to clean up their own mess is part of their growing process. Pauline and I have a greater responsibility to care and support each one of you. That's what we do. And we need to be clear about 
helping each other. I'm not here to clean up the mess for you. I'm here and we are here to help you get the tools and the insights and the support so that you can clean up the mess yourself. Take responsibility for that. We want to create an environment where you are beloved. You are loved unconditionally. You know, the mixes you make doesn't make you less in this community. First, realize everyone's equal. Okay? But that does not absolve you of taking action. Now, we have a duty of care to you, but that's not the same level of responsibility for you to each other. It is important for us to make clear these expectations and boundaries so that we don't have a conflict because of our difference in understanding, right? Each one of you, we, are, we belong to each other, but there are also different levels of responsibility. Pauline and I have a greater responsibility to each one of you than you to each other, I think. Unless you are a couple, lah, huh? that's a different situation, right? Now, back to the story in the narrative, the older sibling is not responsible for the younger sibling's actions for asking the, for, the, for their inheritance, leaving the family squandered all away. But the older sibling does have responsibility to the younger sibling of care, of love, of concern. During all this time, the younger sibling ran off. Did the older sibling reach out and check in on them? Probably not. The older sibling is probably angry that the younger sibling is irresponsible and just left the family like that. The older sibling isn't responsible for the trouble the younger sibling gotten themselves into, but responsible for connecting and caring and supporting and love. Now, this is something that, you know, our society and how we are conditioned, right? Showing care and concern sometimes is seen as endorsing their actions and behaviours, right? So, I don't think so. Showing concern and care doesn't mean that the older sibling condones the younger sibling's behaviours. We need to move away from loving someone because they behave the way we want them to or they do the right thing because that's conditional love. That isn't the way Jesus loved us. The love and support and concern is not tied into our actions. So once we are when we, we break that clearly, then we are able to support someone even though that person has done something wrong. We are able to care for them. And hopefully that heals the wounds that they have that they are able to grow and repent and change. Withdrawing our love to punish someone doesn't work out in the long run. Because that's how we are punished, right? Often as children, you know, we do something wrong, then we are, love is withheld. That's not the way with God, and that's not the way in a healthy relationship, actually. Right? Of course, that, this takes a lot of work. Because very often, in these situations, the person might have hurt us as well. And it is hard to be responsible to someone who has hurt us. Right? It's hard to show care and concern when we are... We are, we are hurt by the other person. Which is sometimes what happens in, with couples, right? They give each other the silent treatment when they, you know, 
and they are not able to because they are not able to care and show concern for one another because one party has hurt the other, or more often than not, both parties hurt each other. But this silent treatment doesn't resolve the issues that they face. What is needed is actually being vulnerable in a safe space with clear, with clear boundaries, working through the issues that we have. Now, there are two more behaviours that, are, that, we, that you know, they have come up with, and we go back to the parable to look at them. The older sibling also demonstrated avoidant behaviour. Right? How, you may ask, in what way the older sibling is unable to hear yes? Think about it. The older sibling was actually unable to see how the parent loves them unconditionally. The older sibling said, you have never even give me, give, given me a young goat so I can celebrate my friends. I stayed here and slaved for you. It seems that the older sibling has a certain idea of what love is or what the parent's love is based on. And that I need to work hard to earn the parent's love. But what do you think would have happened if the older sibling asked for the goat to celebrate with his friends? I mean... The younger sibling just asked for the inheritance, you know. I think that if the older sibling asked for a goat, I think the parent would have given them the goat to celebrate with his friends. If they asked. But the older sibling struggled to think that, struggled with thinking that I don't deserve it. Because the parent does not love me as much as they love the younger sibling. So, don't even try. Didn't even ask. They thought that the parent's answer would be no. And so, closed off, walled off, cannot hear yes. Imagine, all the no's are imagined in the older sibling's mind. So these years, the older sibling slaved and never disobeyed the parent's orders because they thought that the parent's love needs to be earned by good behaviour. They did not get the extent and depth of their parents' love. So I want to share with something personal here that came out of the work that I've been doing in therapy and also something that I've shared, you know, before, right? I'm the older sibling in the family. I'm, you know, I have a younger sister and I always thought of myself as the unfavoured one. My sister is a princess who gets all the attention and love and growing up, I was usually, at least from my perspective, punished or blamed whenever we got into a fight. And how many of you here who have younger siblings have this experience? That you're the one blamed whenever you got into a fight. Whether you're right or wrong, right, you're the one. The parents will go after you. Nobody, yeah. Okay, you know, you have good parents then. Not that my parents are bad, but my parents, you know, at least from my perspective, they always came after me, right? So, since I was, since early in my life, I thought that this is the thought, and whether it's true or not, that's another different matter. I thought that my parents did not, did not love me as much as they loved my sister. And I thought to myself, 
I need to take care of myself and be independent since I'm not the favoured one. And because of that, I did, not think, I did not ask for things I wanted or needed because why bother? In my mind, they would say no. Just like the older brother and the, the older sibling in the, in the parable. But if I dig deeper, actually that was me afraid of rejection. Right? And I shared this before, uh, you know, in some year, maybe a year or two ago. My mother would cook fried fish once in a while for dinner. And sometimes the fish would have fish roll, right? And during dinner, you know, if my sister was around, my mum would tell her, hey, got fish roll, it's your favourite. Then, pyak, and then that goes into her bowl, right? If my sister wasn't around for dinner or coming back later, my mum would take it and put it aside for her. What my mother doesn't know till now is that I like fish roll too. <laughs> Growing up, seeing myself as the one who is not favoured, I never said anything. I never go, I also won. And this is definitely avoidant behaviour because I struggled to see myself as beloved. And this is what I'm learning and growing in. And this is why I talk so much and why we talk so much about belovedness here. Because this, this is the starting point of our relationships with ourselves, with each other, and with God. Now, I shared this yesterday during our production uh, gathering, and some folks asked me, have you told your mom about this? You know, so that everyone on the same page and all that. And then after all the work I've done in therapy, and this is where I land, I've discerned that I've grown. I know that my parents love me. I will ask for what I need express my boundaries, express my feelings when I'm not happy, and be, express my gratitude when I, I see things that I really like and appreciate. But this thing about the fish roll, this is a small stuff, right? And telling my mother, you know what will it achieve? I can get fish roll anytime I want. And actually, now I, I prefer you know, salmon roll, you know, the, 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 the Japanese one, right? Ikura, right? Um, I can get my own. But if I told my mom, that's making her feel bad, making her feel guilty for something that's happened over like 48, you know, 40 over years of my life. For what? I know they love me. I don't need the fish roll to make me happy. And that's the work that I've done. And that's knowing that's having good boundaries and knowing what I should be responsible for and what I should not be responsible for. Now, we come to the final type of behaviour. Controlling behaviour so that one cannot, say, cannot hear no. Some of you may think that it isn't fair for me to think that the parent was not able to say no. Because they may be the younger sibling who will not take no for an answer. Right? Um... It may be the younger sibling who has exhibited controlling behaviours. And I get that. You know, sometimes they can be, you know, the younger sibling could have used guilt trips, oh, and, or, and like asking for the inheritance and say, if you don't give me, you don't, you, you don't love me, right? And this, this perspective, right, 
is looking at it from one instance thing. I think that this behaviour came about over a period of time and very likely enabled by the parents' doting love and the parents' inability to set good boundaries. I mean, asking for one's inheritance from your, one's parent uh, is as good as cursing one's parents to die, you know. Right. And I wonder also, what if the parents said no? The younger sibling could have just bulldozed their way through aggressively, making violent threats, throwing tantrums. Or, you know, is that what I said earlier, guilt trip the parent and say, you don't love me because you don't give me what I want. All these problems and problematic behaviours stem from boundary issues that have a common root. And what, when we learn these common roots, then we are able to grow. These are rooted in fear. Fear of losing love, fear of abandonment, fear of other people's anger, fear of loneliness. These fears prevent us from saying no when we need to say no. We think to ourselves, if I say no, this person will no longer love us. And actually, if this relationship is conditional, I don't think that it's become a transaction. It's no longer love. These fears also prevent us from hearing yes. Instead, we withdraw into ourselves like what I did for a very long time, afraid to ask for what we need or what we want because we are afraid that we get no for an answer. And underlying all that, we need to understand that saying no can be a loving act. In, while growing up, there is something that feels almost like what we have learned. That saying no means I don't love you. And saying yes means I love you. But that's not true. No does not mean I do not love you. Once we get this, that no can be loving, then we are able to say no to people when we should say no. Especially when we, if we say yes, that will be unhelpful or harmful then we are also able to reach out and ask for help. And while we are disappointed, that one we cannot control, when people tell us no, we do not end up thinking that they do not love us. Just because someone told us no doesn't mean they don't love us. And then we shift away from understanding that we are being beloved doesn't mean that we are at the centre of the universe. Being beloved doesn't mean that we are at the centre of the universe. It's important to realise and being able to accept no. Right? So at this time, I want to invite you to be vulnerable, to pause, to reflect, to hold up a mirror and look and know that no matter how the reflection looks like, you are beloved. God loves you and God is still running after you. In this community, we still love you and care for you. Is there something today that stirred up thoughts in you? Something that you might struggle 
or to acknowledge or feel very uncomfortable with? Do you exhibit some of these behaviours in your life right now? And what are they? What are these behaviours that God is inviting you? Uh, what are these behaviours that you would like God to invite God to help you work on? I'll repeat again. What behaviours would you like to invite God to help you work on? Because I think that God also respects boundaries. God never coerced. People were able to say no to Jesus. The rich man, you know, Jesus said, sell all your belongings and follow me. No. Did Jesus chase after him and bash him in the head and go, no, you must follow me. No. Jesus respected that decision, even though that decision wasn't the best decision or the right one. So, it requires us to own what's going on in our lives and invite God to help us work on them. That's the invitation. That I want to work on this. Right? I would like to be better at saying no. Yeah. Help me work on my discipline. Getting along with colleagues well without hate and anger. And I want to call out that hate and anger stems from something. Often resentment. Often when we end up having got to say yes when we actually mean no. You know, your colleague asks you to do something and actually you don't want to do it. But you actually, oh, mm, unable to say no and then end up being angry at them, right? Having clear boundaries will help a lot of that, of that anger and hate. Controlling behaviour, to accept no for an answer and to trust God when facing a no, yes. Low on self-esteem and that's a very important one. Uh, I, I, I'm very grateful that someone brought it out that often the low self-esteem leads us to avoidant behaviours and compliant behaviours because we feel unworthy. So we will need to somehow earn our love from other people. We end up saying yes to everything instead of saying no when we should say no. And we are unable also to ask for help when we need help. You are beloved. Be slow to anger, become a better person, Respond with love rather than a fear of rejection. Yes. I recognize that I ex exhibit avoidant and non-responsive behavior. I want to invite God to help me work or show up more often and authentically for my friends. Yes. Being, believing that I'm appreciated as a person. Yes. Show up. Show up as who you are authentically and see that you are valued as you are. Right? then work on the behaviours that are problematic, that needs to be addressed. And these two things are separate. To do the right thing in God's eye, even, even though it is difficult and popular, not to bash myself, don't need to fit in, nurture myself and others. Yes. Our invitation of drawing boundaries is not asking people to fit in. We are inviting you to become fully who you are, fully loved. And in that security and safety, then we learn to become, to have better boundaries and have better relationships, right? Not getting to a desperate stage before asking, yes, please. <laughs> I will, I, there are times that I, I tell people, you know, things will have been easier to deal with when it is 
when it doesn't reach the desperate stage, right? And we all, we all need to learn that. Uh, ask for help. Setting boundaries pursuant to traditional beliefs and expectations of family, yes, right? We need to make clear, you know, that's your expectation, I'm not responsible for your expectation, you know, this is what I will do. Right? Say no to things that we do not want to submit ourselves to, right? Boundaries versus taking input from others, where to draw the line, right? Well, I think that that's a um, discernment process, and we work together to grow better at doing this, together as community. Um, to compare less, to learn for, uh, to ask what you really want, allow people to own their own behaviour and feelings, and I know that I cannot control or be responsible for them. Yes. Someone can get angry when we say no, but they need to be responsible for their reaction and their emotions. Right? When we maintain our boundaries, they can react in, in that way. But, yeah, that they are responsible for their feelings. I'm, we are responsible to people and not responsible for people, right? Yeah. Having the courage to say yes, having the courage to say no, and having wisdom and knowledge to discern. Top marks. Thank you. Thank you for your input and your insights. And I think that that's a journey that we are all on. I think that in doing, and when we go through this together, right, we grow to be better, to be in better relationships with other people and actually better relationships with ourselves. I, when I'm able to say no, when, I, when I, you know, I don't feel coerced, then I'm less resentful and angry at people because sometimes when I'm, I feel that obligation, that really triggers me, right? Um, which is why I react, I, I, I notice, right, that I react to um, people on the street trying to sell me something. I feel there's a lot of coercion there, and I don't want to deal with that. And I just say, no, I, I do not want to talk, right? I don't have, you know, do you have five minutes or do you have two minutes? No. Because I feel there's a level of coercion, my boundary is there, right? I own my feelings, I own my boundaries, I say no, right? Because... Saying yes, then we get drawn into something that actually we feel obliged to. And I don't like being manipulated. Uh, yeah. So, it is my prayer to invite you to surrender all these to God, to ask God to help you be anchored in your belovedness and your worthiness. Then, ask God to help you grow so you can set boundaries and respect boundaries so you become more wholehearted. There are times that we try to be nice and we tiptoe around people so we don't hurt their feelings. But in doing so, sometimes we cause even more harm. And there's the difference between hurt and harm. When I receive negative feedback, I do feel hurt. Today, your sermon was very bad. That there is that feeling of hurt, you know. I spent so much time on it, you mean? Right? But that is not harm. And I have started to learn to receive these no's to see that when people offer that, they come from a place of love. They tell me, you know, your, your today's sermon are a bit... And, they, and especially when they give me very rich comments that help me improve 
That helps me see that they are coming from a place of love. Too often when I receive negative feedback in my mind, like, wow, do you know how difficult it is trying to please everyone? But that's a reaction. And I've grown to hear all this and receive this from a place of belovedness and worthiness. I have learned how to ask for what I need and I've come to own my own disappointments when people tell me no, without thinking that there are no means that they do not love me. And I've learned to try my best to speak the truth in love rather than not speaking at all, which often leads to more harm even. And this, all these boundaries have become, have helped me become incredibly free and whole. The irony, right, that you have boundaries to become free. And I pray that it will be the same for you. Amen. We have now come to a time of communion. If you're joining us online, now will be a good time to prepare your elements so that we can partake together. We gather each Sunday at this table. Even though at this time we are not all physically together, the table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means you do not have to meet any criteria, do not have to be a member of FCC, you do not have to be baptized, you only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. Good Shepherd, we take your care for granted. In the midst of your many blessings, we complain of not having enough. In the presence of danger, we fail to trust your abiding love. When you set a table before us, we turn aside from you. Call us back into your fold and help us trust your caring presence and provision that our actions may proclaim your truth. Together, surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. God forgive us failures and call us back into the flock. Loving God, our good shepherd, we are the sheep of your pasture. You know us by name. We, we offer, offer grateful thanks for your loving care. Open your hearts and minds to the guiding of your spirit in our lives. Lead us in the right paths that we may serve you in truth and action. Amen. God prepares the table for us, offering us a feast of abundant love. Our cups overflow with bounty of grace, for our shepherd knows us as no one else can. Restoring our souls, healing our brokenness, nourishing us with bread and cup for the life of ministry. Remember how Jesus, our shepherd, took bread and after giving thanks, broke it and gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
In the same way, he also took the cup after the supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. May I now invite the stewards to come forward to distribute the elements. If this is your first time joining us for communion, please hold on to the elements so that we can partake of it together. Come to the table and feast with the shepherd. Let us partake of these communion elements together with thanksgiving. invite you to stand if you're willing and able together 
God of love, you abide with us. Your loving presence steals us. You provide us with all that we need in abundance. Help us love one another in truth and action. Help us give of ourselves to those in need. Help us care for others the way our shepherd cares for us. May our lives reflect our wholeheartedness, trust, and our shepherd's everlasting love and care. Amen. Please be seated. You may pass the cups to the centre so that the stewards can collect that. Good afternoon, siblings and friends. Thank you um, for um, the, the preaching earlier, Miak. Uh, that was a very impactful um, sermon. I'd like to invite those who are online watching in with us right, to help us get this message out. I think it's important, this message of like, healthy boundaries right, is very important for our growth, personal growth, spiritually and at a personal level. So if that message helped you, Right, help us to spread the word out by, by you know like just putting a giving a thumbs up, like the video, or even sharing it out to your friends. I think um, that is will be at least one of the small things you can do to contribute, right, to the growing the community, not just building it, you're growing it. So good afternoon. My name is Jimmy. I'm your service leader for today, and welcome home to those who are joining uh, us, whether you're first time or you've been coming for well, over the years. You're part of our family, right? Um, for those who are fairly new with us, or this is the first time you are joining us online or in person, uh, please go to fcc.ly slash welcome or simply scan the QR code for us to know you better so that we can serve you and um, just connect with you. For those who have joined us for a few times, you know we would really love to have you join us next week, all right, on the 23rd of July at our newcomers meeting. If you are very interested uh, to, to be part of this conversation, Alright, that happens after the service. Email us at info at freecomchurch.org. If you have already filled in the welcome form, alright, then our, our church staff will actually be reaching out to you to send, give you more information. Next. We move on to worshipping God and encountering God uh, in our, in our giving and, uh, thanksgiving and uh, offering. Uh, there are two ways of giving. You can actually give by pay now. Simply uh, turn on your app right, that you have on your phone or you at home you're on the screen. You can actually pause it right, not to worry. You won't run away. Uh, just scan uh, if you are giving to the general fund or the building fund, the respective QR code or go to uh, freecomchurch.give.asia right, and uh, give.asia charges a platform service fee of 1.5%. Right, so just please take note of that. If not, simply you can uh, just uh, give by pay now. Those who are giving physically by dropping cash or check in person, uh, we'll do so and we'll invite the students to come forward later after the prayer of Thanksgiving offering to receive and take up your offering. So now I'd like to invite all of us to enter a prayerful space to give thanks to God individually and as a community. Pray with me. Loving God, your presence is with us. With grateful hearts, we gather today as a community we thank you for this sacred space that allows us to embrace wholeheartedness and explore the depths of our beings. We appreciate the freedom to question and learn and grow guided by your boundless love. Help us to discover the freedom and healthy boundaries respecting ourselves and others. 
We lift up our offerings and pray for those living in oppression and injustice. May we work with you to dismantle barriers and advocate for the liberation of all. By your grace, may our dedication create world, a world where freedom becomes a lived reality for everyone. In humble service, we offer ourselves and our gifts. May compassion, hope and transformation flow through us. With gratitude and trust in Jesus' love, we pray. Amen. May I invite the stewards to come forward to receive the offerings? Thank you very much. So if you are giving by cheque uh, or cash, simply raise your hand and the stewards will come forward to you. Next, we move on to announcements. Right. Each month, we, most of the time, um, every month, almost every month, we have at least one ACE activity. So for the month of July, on the 30th, we have a portrait drawing, right? ACE activity after church engagement activity, right? um, led by Lexi. So it's not just simply a portrait drawing. Right? Well, I've, give, I've been given more context. Actually, it, it, it's a session whereby we are invited to practice vulnerability, spending time with ourselves and others, looking at each other deeply and having deep conversations. So it's not just that drawing your face, and not just caricature drawing, you know, that's exaggerating you know, a bobo's nose or something, but rather to capture the essence of a person, all right, and then expressing that right, in your drawing. So don't, but you need to feel safe for people to draw you and vice versa. So don't uh, know what background in art skill required, but just a willing heart, all right, and hands willing to uh, pen down all these reflections into a painting or drawing or portrait. So, but it says that lah by the organizer, definitely not for the faint of heart, smiley face. All right, register your interest at fcc.li/ace. Okay, so I strongly invite all right, who are interested in this, like you have, especially if you like art, right, to come and join this activity. Next, we have. About the 20th anniversary commemorative book, we are moving closer and closer to our anniversary. And there, 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 thereby, right, you know, we are stepping up the effort in terms of collating the stories, the uh, materials for making this book possible. So, uh, what do you have to submit? As you can see on the photos there, we have actually the collages, all right? Uh, that's made by the cell groups of various ministries of various groups of people we have in the church to come together. Not just um, for the collages, but I think people expresses their experience in community multimodal. Some of us may like to portray or, or to represent our journey in visual format. Some of us like to share stories. Right? Perhaps you are good in writing, you want to share a story or poem or things like that. They are all welcome. And so please, um, if you have materials to really document or like, lift your imprint of this, the journey of this community, we invite you to do so. Right? So just send them to info at freecomchurch.org. The submission of, for the collages specifically uh, will be by the end of uh, the month on the 30th of July. So don't hesitate if you have like some things in the working, just wrap it up and quickly send it in before the closing date. Next, what we have is Settle Easily, Engage Deeply. And in short, it's called SEED. Right? It's SEED. Mm. I thought everybody was like, hey, yeah, it's SEED. We, we know, because it's under 15 season. Wow, even longer than some of the drama that is <laughs> showing right on air. 
it is really amazing. 15 season. And so the 15th run of seat is happening on the 30th of July. Happen it, it will be conducted just for fifty uh sorry, twenty to thirty minutes, no more than thirty minutes after the service. Right? So for those who is it for? If you have attended a few newcomers, uh, you have attended newcomers meeting, or you even have you have not done so, but you're new to our community, or you have been joining our church for a few months or a few times, and you like to know us better, be know this community in a deeper way, connect with us in a deeper way, with one another in a deeper way, to understand the mission and the vision of the church, then come come for this heat session. All right, we'll run probably about four sessions, uh, fortnightly. Alright, uh, just send to info at Freecom Church and we will get in touch with you to send you the dates all right, and the details to join SEED. So don't hesitate now if you have not joined SEED and you'd like to do so. Last but never least, we have lunch khakis today. So if you are, we have fresh faces here, please look around for uh, if you see fresh faces or unfamiliar faces around you, invite them to lunch khaki. Today, the lunch khaki on duty is... Angela and Daniel, do we have them? Yeah, they are at the back of the hall. So uh, please go to them and uh, we have a great time. Right? We have like train khakis to make sure they have a good <laughs> journey into a community experience with us. All right? No obligation, like Mark said, no coercion. This one is like, can I have five minutes of my time? <laughs> Ask you for your form. No, we don't do that, okay? This is not like some fishing. <laughs> Uh, activity, but rather we want you to feel comfortable. We want you to know that you are cared for, and you are your presence with us as a child of God is important and is recognized. You are seen, you are heard, and you are loved. But coming towards the end, before a benediction, it is the time of the month, birthdays. All right. <laughs> so right now, I'd like to invite Pauline to come forward, right, to help us to pray and bless our July babies. So the names on top, I leave it to Pauline. Thanks, Jimmy. So, we want to celebrate our July babies. I know some of you are out there uh, in person today. So, I just want to invite you to come up. If it's your birthday, please come join us. We want to pray for you and then we will sing for you as well, okay? Yes, Chong Lip, I see you. Ah, Juliana, I also see you up there. Ah, come, come, come. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come, 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 come. I know some of you, your names, maybe your birthday is in July, uh, but you don't see your name up there, okay? Please forgive us. This is um, names on our membership role, okay? If you're not our member yet, we... Yeah, no. <laughs> Juliana's coming, don't worry. <laughs> we will want to pray for you too, you know? So please come up if it's your birthday in July and we just want to celebrate you together, okay? Yes, come, come, come. Yay, any more? Yes, No? Okay, never mind. Ah. Also, those of you online uh, who are July babies want to pray for you too. Happy birthday, okay? So, should we pray for our siblings first? Then we'll sing for them, okay? Let's pray for them. God, we thank you for life, for the breath of life that you breathe into each one of us. Not just physical life, but spiritual life. Your spirit alive in each one of us. I thank you for my siblings who are celebrating their birthdays in July, for the life that you have given them, and for the gift that they are to us in this community. I thank you for those that we know of, and even those that we don't know, and those that may be online as well. 
that God, that your blessing will fall upon each one, that even as they celebrate another new year with you, that they will see more and more of your faithfulness in their lives, that they'll experience more and more what it means to be loved by you and what it means to love you and to love themselves and to love others the way that you've called us all to. So God, I just pray that you'll bless them with your wisdom, your joy, your love each and every day, that they may truly be an embodiment of your love in this world, wherever you may send them. We pray that as a community that you'll teach us how to love them better as they grow, as we are nurturing a, an environment together that can truly build community in a way that helps us all to learn what it means to be wholehearted. So I just want to commit them, each one of them, into your hands. Thank you for them. Thank you for your love for each one of us. As we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So shall we sing? Yay! Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Yay! Happy birthday. Okay, now you can flap the candle. <laughs> now, new practice. No more blowing on the candle, okay? <laughs> Just flap, flap, flap. <laughs> Very good. Yay! Happy birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> and happy birthday. <laughs> All right. Um, you can uh, go take your place. And uh, if you will join me for the benediction, will you rise in body and spirit? Wholehearted God, you run after us always in our lives. Your love is relentless. And it's because of your relentless love, God, that we are here today. That we are here not just as individuals, but we're here to nurture a community of wholehearted people. And God, we know it's not always easy, that we're all still learning, we're all still growing. Help us, Lord, as we are rooted in your love, as we're rooted in what it means to be worthy, that we'll learn also what it means to set and to respect healthy boundaries. That in the midst of that, that, that will help us to dwell in your love even more and to show one another love in a deeper and more authentic way. So God, help us to be embodiments of your love wherever you send us. And may your love go with each one of you wherever you go. And we pray that God will nurture you, love you, will continue to use you in tremendous ways to be a light in this world. Go, and may our God of love go with you always. Amen. So thank you so much for joining us for service today. Uh, please join us again next week or the week, weeks ahead. Go and may you have, have a blessed week ahead.